Welcome to the Manifestor's Journey podcast. I'm your host, Candy Nairobi Santana, law graduate turned actress, author, and producer. I believe life is all about creating from a place of wisdom, love, and courage. Each episode, we will bring you inspiring stories and messages to help you create your dream life today. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode number five. This week's guest is Lara Alcantara. She is an artist, mother, entrepreneur, and she has a show that will be coming out soon in People in Español. She went to NYU and Bard College for her undergrad. Her master's at Bard College as well in photo studies. She's exhibited around the world from France to Spain, Colombia, Venezuela, you name it. And in this episode, she really shares her journey of being a mom and what it takes to really wear both hats to be a mom and also run a business. So it's a really, really good episode. I learned so much just hearing her journey, and I hope you guys do too. So enjoy. I'm super excited because I have my friend here, Lara Alcantara. I want, am Alcantara? I saying it right? And I'm, you know when I say it in <laughs> Spanish, I try to say it with my Spanish accent. Of course. Um, so before we get started, <laughs> let's tell everybody a little bit about how we met, which was a few years ago already, right? Three, four years ago? Right. It was, Maybe four years ago. It feels like it, it's been decades already. I feel like <laughs> yeah. I've known you forever. Yeah. So we met on the set of the web series First Dates. Yes. Which, that's how I got my SAG eligibility. Uh-huh. And we shot for one day. Yeah. Uh, it was so much and fun. It was. You were studying law. I know. Oh, <laughs> I remember perfectly. Was it, I think it was my second or third year that we you were, were finishing up, I right. think. Right. So we met on that set, and little did we know how our relationship would flourish. I know. All the beautiful things that would happen after mm-hmm. that shoot date. So let's get started. Ooh, now, <laughs> I gave everyone already a beautiful intro, but I want to hear it from you. How okay. did your journey start to becoming this artist, television host, writer, photographer? Oh my God. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us. All right. So it all started when I was 18. I lived in Venezuela and I always uh, dreamed of studying photography, not in an institute, but in a university. Okay. So, and cinematography or something that had to do with theater or something. So I, I, I applied to a couple of schools, and I went to Bard College, which is a liberal arts school upstate New York, and I studied, I did a major in photography and a minor in theater. Okay. And then after two and a half years there, I couldn't deal with the urban land, like the, the farm landscapes anymore right. and the cold, and I'm a city girl. <laughs> so I was like, I need to move somewhere, so I thought, NYU, let's do NYU. So I applied to NYU, and I got into NYU. Nice. And I finished... Of course, when I got there, they were like, sorry, we can't give you credits for dancing flamenco, <laughs> but we can give you two full years of credits back. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So I did another two years there, um, and I graduated, uh, and then after that, right at graduation, I had my first solo show in Chelsea. Awesome. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So you amazing. put on a solo show. Did you produce this, write everything. this? You did everything. Yeah, like... Wow. Um, so a gallery called Generous Miracles. Okay. I went to a bunch of galleries when I was working as a photographer. Um, I was a, you know, I was doing fine art, and the dream was getting that show in Chelsea. And I went to a bunch of galleries, and one of them was really interested, and they offered me a solo show. Nice. So by the time I was 21, 
At 21. So 21. you moved here at 18. By 21, you have your own solo show. Yeah. In New York City. In New York City. 21 or 22? Maybe 20. No, it was 21. I wow. think it was 21. Um, it was right before graduating. So as I graduated in May, and the show opened in June. Okay. And it was there for, for a whole month. And uh, it went well. We sold, like, half of the work that was there, which is really cool. And then the other half is just, like, all over the world right now. Okay. So was it photography? It. or It was photography. Awesome. Yeah, it okay. was photography. Um, I was very inspired by uh, George O'Keefe at the time. Okay. So there were, it was this whole series of fruit with, like, sensuality, you know, cognitive, like, cognitive ideas and it was interesting, very colorful, very tropical, as I am. Right. And then, um, so that that brought on, like, a ton of shows and group shows, and then a gallery picked me up, and a gallery picked me up in Spain. So, so I started from this show, with you them. had two galleries pick you up? As uh, I had a gallery, yeah, one in Spain, wow. one in Venezuela, which I already had, and then one in New York. Three, okay. Generous Miracles, but they closed. Mm-hmm. So they represented me for a couple of years, and then when they closed, well, they closed. So after that, um, I got married, and I became a mom. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. Let's rewind. At 21, rewind. before graduation, you're putting on a solo show. You're then represented by three artists. You're already international, and you get married. Yeah. When did you, how old were you? Uh, I got married when I was 27. Okay. 27 awesome. or 20, yeah, 27. So, mm-hmm. um... So, yeah, so then I was married. I, I started a master's okay. right before I got married at the ICP, which mm-hmm. was doing a master's with Bard College. Mm-hmm. So it was cool because I got to study with, like, Stephen Shore and um, Barbara S. and Larry Fink and, you know, Annie Leibowitz did, like, a guest appearance in our school. Like, it was pretty cool. It was right. awesome. It was a, Neil and Blake was a, the director of the program. I think he still is the director of the program. And he's an amazing artist. So he shows at, uh, I think it's the Gogoshi in downtown or something like that. Um, and then, uh, I graduated, I worked at Condé Nast Gourmet Magazine for a while. Awesome. Freelancing or? Yeah, kind of. It was, I started as an intern and then in the department of photography. So we, it was the best work ever because we did only, um, food and we learned actor who was the photographer on board worked with only daylight. So I really learned a lot about photographing food with daylight and working Mm -hmm. with daylight and how it changes constantly and all these things that you know it's so artificial in a way but not artificial so you know it's it's making art out of food so that was really fun and Condé Nast was a really good place to work so then Gourmet Magazine closed and um, I decided to open my own company so the magazine closes and this opens the door for you to start your own company yeah so I decided all right, let's do Lara Alcantara photography, right? You know, I'm a photographer. Let's open a company and start making work. And then I get pregnant. Wow. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, you have two beautiful girls. I they're do. So I have two beautiful girls. And I, you know, for me, it's like there's two kinds of artists. The Tracy Emming kind of artist who decides to shut everything out because she's an artist and that's her passion. And, you know, I totally respect it. And then... An artist like me who's like, well, you know, we'll figure it out as we go. Um, so I had Maya, which is my first, who's now nine and a half. Mm-hmm. And, you know, five, four years later, I had Marcella. So being an entrepreneur, opening a company, and then falling into motherhood was like a lot of stuff to juggle. At the same time. At the same time. So I guess photography became, I kind of put it on the shelf for a while. 
just okay. I was, right. you know, I was being a mom and doing this whole thing, which is, you know, I made my own masterpiece, which is great. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> and I think it, they're they're both the most rewarding masterpieces that I've that I've worked on, bit by bit. <laughs> Every eyelash I have made. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so yeah, so so that's kind of where it took a turn. Like you have to really understand that you have to organize yourself. Right. So let's get into that mm-hmm. conversation about being an entrepreneur <clears throat> because my, one of my biggest focus, no, scratch that. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest intentions with the podcast is for artists to understand that it's a business and we have to know how to manage ourselves as a business. Yeah. We have to schedule ourselves. We have to do a lot of time management and there's going to come times where our art, whether that is acting, writing, might have to be pushed to the side so we can balance other things, right? Yes, absolutely. Tell me how that was for you starting your own business and getting pregnant. How did you juggle everything at the same time? So I have to say it, was, it wasn't easy. It's, it's really tough. I mean, I think that while the baby's inside of you, it's all good. Right. You're like, you know, your belly's your accessory. You take it everywhere. It's cool. Um, and I was working a ton from the time that I found out that I was pregnant and I opened my company till the time that I had the baby. So I was full on work. I was doing like fashion and I was doing children's portraiture and I was doing commercial and I was doing all kinds of stuff. So um, once the baby was born... It, it's hard to organize, first of all, because you're, you're deprived of sleep. But then good things come out of that. So I think that one of my best series came out, out of being at home, stuck at home with a baby that needs your 24-7 attention. I saw your piece, actually. I would love to share it. Yeah, I would love I, to share it with everyone. Be, that would be great. I remember you showed it to me and <clears> you described how <throat> you felt when you created that. I think it's one of my most powerful pieces, actually. Right. Absolutely. So I love it. Yeah, it's it's basically um, I had Maya in a car seat sleeping next to me, and I I was uh, I had a cabin fever like I've never had before. How many months was she already at the time? She was not even two months. Not even I, two. It was like, and it's like constant. Like it's always something. So you're working constantly. So I did a project called Telenovela, which was a project that. Um, I'm Latin American, you know, telenovelas, like that's how we grow up. We sit down, there's all these dramas and right. Cinderella stories <laughs> and happily ever afters that are totally unreal. And just like Disney. Just like but Disney. But it's nice to watch. It's nice to watch and it's nice to kind of imagine that you can actually go through it that way. Right. Um, and then I think the hit was like, oh, all right, so this is the real part of it. Yeah. So that photograph, which is me pointing at the viewer with a gun straight in your face, The gun is in focus, my fingers are in focus, and I'm out of focus. Why? Because I felt out of focus. I felt completely out of focus, like Robin Williams in that Woody Allen movie, which he's, like, walking around out of focus. So, yeah, I felt really out of focus. I felt like, I mean, yeah, like, I kind of wanted to end everything. I just didn't know what to do with myself. Right. So I, I had a plastic gun, and I painted it brown, and I started photographing all these emotions that were coming into my my being at the time, which was desperation, frustration, fear, um, loneliness, because, you know, my husband was working and I was just sitting at the, during the day, you know, I would go out and, and go to the supermarket and stuff, but, you know, you're kind of stuck, you know, it's a very, it's a very uh, hard 
it's kind of a puzzle that like you lose a piece and then you're trying to figure out what piece that, that piece is until you put it in there and then you're like, oh here's the picture right because you find yourself on this wheel of just doing <clears throat> the same routine yeah. every single day you sort of lose a little bit of your identity and who you are yeah. But you use this time to, to work. express it through your art. Yes, to express it through the art. So I did that photograph. I did another photograph where I, I grabbed my fridge. I took everything out of my fridge, and I, I, I got myself into the fridge, and I took a photograph of myself inside wow. of the fridge with the light and kind of, you know, I didn't, you know, it's like you're, you're it's, in it a moment of creative, not, right, right. creative mm-hmm. process, constant creative process of this, this thing basically that came into your life that doesn't speak, that doesn't do much at the time because they don't. I mean, I love my kids, but at the beginning, it's like it's a blob <laughs> that you know eats, drinks, and poops. Right, <laughs> like, that's all I do. That you have to take care of. That you have to take care of exactly. And not only that, but you can totally screw it up. <laughs> no <laughs> pressure. No pressure. <laughs> right, and it's the first time too. So, um, right. but so, yeah. So I started that project, and that was a really interesting project of a work of identity. So I divided myself into three pro- three three people. It was Rala, Lara, and Carolina. So wow. Lara is my first name, Carolina is my second name, and Rala was my name the other way around. So there was a rebel, there was a very like peaceful person, and then there was the kind of the person that managed everything, which is in the middle. Right. So I did all these images, like three images of, uh, for example, me sitting on the couch drinking my butt off, and then this other girl comes. From the behind, from behind, she's looking at me like, "Dude, what the hell are you doing?" And then the other one's like, "Well, I mean, we can kind of work it out. I'm sure we can do this in a balanced way." Right. And then put them all together in Photoshop. So these were the all of your experiences at the same time combined mm-hmm. yeah. in your art. Yes. And so your life obviously inspires your art. Yes, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the creative process. So we know how it is. To be an entrepreneur, you were an entrepreneur at the same time you became a mom. And now, as an artist, what is your creative process? So, okay, so creative processes are so different for everybody. I mean, I mean, it's like a, if you're a documentary photographer, you go out and you find things that happen. If you're a fine art photographer, um, for myself, I usually think of something and I picture it in my brain and I go ahead and put it together. It takes me no time to put it together. It's just getting that idea is what right. really is the process of pain and frustration that artists go through. Mm-hmm. It's just getting there. Because as soon as I have the idea, I'm like, okay, this is it. I'll paint this white. I'll put it on a white background. And this is what it means. And I'll put it all together. And I'll put some feathers on it. And that's it. That, that's so funny. That's exactly <clears throat> how it is for me when I want to write something. Exactly. The lo- it takes me longer to think about what I want to write about. Yeah. <laughs> Once I figure it out, I sit down and I get it done. Yeah. You it's know, artist it's block. Right. Like completely. Writer's block, artist block, anything. Like your creativity sometimes comes to a hold. Right. And all this stuff happens around it. And the hold is just... It's not really a hold. It's kind of a sponge that's absorbing everything, and that at some time, some point, it's going to get filled with water, and that water is going to spill out. Right, and it's like so, here's the idea. Here's the idea. Here we go. Exactly. So that's my process. I, you know, I try to write things down. I write things down a lot, like feelings that I get, or ideas, or dreams, or I work a lot with my subconscious. Absolutely. When, I'm, when I'm when I dream. The best things come out of there. Absolutely. I have a mm. notepad near my bed. Oh, really? Because when I do have a dream or a vision, yeah. I write it down. If you don't write it down, you forget, forget about it. Yeah. And then you can't really like understand what's going on in your subconscious. Right. You know? Absolutely. Freud did have a point. <laughs> Psychology. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So that that is kind of my, my creative process. Um, 
making it is a very short process, but the create, like getting there is a long process. Right, that usually takes long. Awesome. So tell me how you transitioned. Mm -hmm. Well, not transitioned because you still do, you're still an artist. You still do your photography. You actually have something really special coming up that we'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. Tell me how you started working on television. Okay. So, so 20 years ago when I came to New York, I met, my group of friends were all creative people. And 20 years later, now they're all successful. So I decided, why don't I interview all my friends and put it on YouTube? for example. So I started interviewing every person that I've met throughout the years that has now a successful business that I met when they were just starting out, you know, on a tourist visa or on a student visa or they were finishing their master's or, you know, everybody had a dream and those dreams have come true slowly in these 20 years. They've manifested. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have people that work at Chanel. I have uh, friends that work at Vogue. I have friends that have design companies, fashion design companies that are actually doing really well. I have friends in Miami. I have friends in New York. So, and mostly women, which is really cool because, you know, women, girl power. Mm -hmm. So I came to Miami in the summer and that's when I did um, the season two, which was Power Women in Miami. And now when I go back to New York, I'm going to do Power Women in New York. Awesome. And I've so been, tell us. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to get to this part. All right. What manifested for you recently mm. this this opportunity that has been offered to you from that wonderful idea of, let me just interview my amazing friends. Now what are you doing with that? All right. So thank God um, somebody was watching. <laughs> <laughs> and um, now I'm going to be on the People in Spanish portal. Wow. Which is super exciting. So I'm excited about that. So you're going to be online doing interviews as if you were doing it for their channel. Yeah, basically. I'm basically interviewing people or doing things on fashion and beauty and art and all of that as a people in Spanish kind of host. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's really exciting. How did that happen? Did you reach out to someone? Yeah, absolutely. You always have to reach out. Right. I mean, you can't can't dream without... you, You can't make a dream come true if you don't try. Right. So, you know, I, I yeah, I've, I've been reaching out. I've been sending my videos to all the people that I know and people in Spanish and people in, like, the U.S. people, hola, um, you know, all different, you know, all different online platforms. And, you know, thank God this one was interested. Wow. Which I think is great. It's such a great portal, and it's huge. Of so, course, this is this so is a really now, big you know, accomplishment. Now I get to find a sponsor and get somebody to sponsor the show and go through that whole cool. process. That's amazing. Congratulations. I'm excited, I'm, I'm excited I'm for you. Excited I, I love when artists, entrepreneurs, we follow mm-hmm. our ideas and we never know where it's going to lead us. Never. never. <laughs> it's always good, though. It's always going to take us somewhere good. Yeah. You, you know, know, I think it's like part of that creative process. It doesn't, you're, it, you know... Some, uh, there's a friend of mine called Pepe Lopez. He's an artist. And one day somebody asked him, like, Why, what kind of artist art do you do? And he was like, what do you mean what kind of art do I do? I just do art. It doesn't matter if I'm painting a wall or I'm, you know, putting masking tape on a piece of canvas or right. or grabbing a car and putting it in a gallery. Like, it's art. It's right. just don't ask me what type of art I make. I make art. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where my other project comes in. Um, my other project that I'm working on for 2019 is I'm uh, putting together a biennial, an international biennial. So in New tell York. us, listeners, what is a biennial? 
So Bananial is a show. It's an exhibition that's curated by maybe two or three curators, sometimes less. With a small, you start with a small number of artists, and basically it's an exhibition that shows work from 25, 30 artists around the world, all in one place, that last around a month. Sometimes they last three months, sometimes they last six months, but they're every two years. Okay. So every two years we have now a group of people that are organized. We're working on getting sponsors, and hopefully we'll be a satellite of the Whitney Biennial in 2019. And what we want is to complement their biennial, which is an American art biennial that has a theme, and take that theme and give it to international artists to also be part of that conversation. Right, to make it universal. To make it universal, to, to, to take art and put it all in one place. So, you know, I, I'm not, I, I don't mind when they say, oh, Latin American art or African art, but it's really not, it's bad that we put things in boxes. I have to agree with you. I've worked in the arts this year, and I yeah. see that there's a, a lot of that, a lot of, well, this is African American art, or yeah. this is American art, and truthfully, where it comes from, and this is my humble opinion, where mm-hmm. it comes from isn't really what makes you connect to a piece when you see it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So if we can, if we can, I feel like sometimes the labels actually separate because it makes Segregates. you Segregate. Right, right, right. Completely. Right, it makes you say, well, that's African-American. I don't like African-American yeah, art. Right? right? You know. So yeah. you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or it was a Mexican artist. It doesn't matter. You connect to the piece and you obviously exactly. want to buy it. So yeah. it's, I see what you're doing with making it more universal and taking all the labels off. Yeah, like I don't want labels. You know, right. there's no Latin American art. There's no African American. There's art, right? Universal. There's one conversation. That so the idea is to kind of take those labels out, put everything in one place. It doesn't matter if it's African or American or Latin American or whoever made it. If it's good art and it makes you change as a person when you view it, then that's that's its job. Right. So. Um, I am trying to get rid of the idea of Latin American art, African art, and and just kind of... This can seem very controversial. It could. It could be. But I think it's the time. You know, I think in 2019, right now, I think there's a movement starting, starting with Sotheby's is starting now. They're getting rid of their Latin American art department. Not department, but their Latin American art auctions are not going to be part of their auctions anymore. Because they're taking the Latin American in, you know, in the parentheses, like in, in, how do you say that? Parentheses. In parentheses. Um, contemporary art and putting it into the contemporary art auction. Right. With everybody else. Instead of separating it. Instead of separating it. Because what they've noticed is that for the Latin American art auction, they give out 5,000 catalogs and that's all they need. And then, you know, 100 people come to the auction and that's it. It's the same people, it's the same guys. And when they mix that Latin American art, which is contemporary art, with normal, uh, universal contemporary art, then it sells the same way. And so they there's have no to, need for the separation. There's no need for the separation. Not only that, but they tell me that when they do the contemporary art auctions, some people are left outside because there's so many people that go. Right. So by taking out the separation, you're actually giving this to a bigger audience. Yes. We, right. we want to give art to everybody and not separate it into categories. Like, it's, I think it's also a movement that's going on in the world. Like, don't categorize people by their color, their race, their, their background, their you know, upbringing, if they're immigrants or non-immigrants. It doesn't really matter. 
do you give something good to society, then great. And welcome to be part of it, you know? doesn't matter if you're an immigrant and you crossed the border by foot. If you're actually helping people in the United States to, you know, be warm and, and get food for them or educate people that right. don't have None education, of that comes into then that's a great thing absolutely. you're doing. Right, right, absolutely. So it shouldn't be a problem, right. you know? So there there are bad seeds, and those bad seeds well, are not part of the conversation, I guess. Right, absolutely. So, and that would be a whole other episode to oh talk about God, that. I <laughs> because I think we are in the times where we're trying to let go of all these labels. Yeah. And as a mom, entrepreneur, artist, I'm sure you feel the pressure of, I'm all these things. Oh, my God. Right? But that's yes. what makes you whole. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. We don't have to be just one thing. I know. We are changing the game by saying, I can be a television host and an artist yeah. and have a bayanan and follow all of my dreams. And sometimes I'll be working more on one thing than I'm working on the other project. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. Those are two amazing things that you're starting oh off my God, 2018. Yeah, 2018. <laughs> Let's do it, baby. These amazing <laughs> manifestations and your drive is really you've been dedicated to this and you're very knowledgeable about everything that you do. So I'm very proud of you. Oh my God, thank you. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I want to wrap up this wonderful interview to ask you three questions. Okay. If if we can (laughs) sum everything up in three questions. So my first question to you, what is your purpose? What is my purpose? My purpose is really, besides everything else, is just to be good. Good at what I do and work hard. I mean, it doesn't matter where, but if I'm a mom, work hard at it. If I'm an artist, work hard at it. If... If it's three things at the same time, work hard at them. And if I need 23 hours out of the day, then so be it. Um, well, you know, all the moms out there know that we don't sleep much. So right. it's kind of like... You know, I, I say I <laughs> want to be a mom, and then I think of that sleeping factor. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to have to let that go. <laughs> yeah, you do. But, you know, yeah, it's just be be good. Be good in everything. Be a good person. Be a good worker. Be a good mom. Be You know, just work hard. And... Never expect and never expect that things will just come. You got to work for them and don't take things for granted. You know, it's one thing that I try to teach my kids. I don't take the fact that you can sit here in a warm room watching TV. uh, Just like a fact that, oh, yeah, this is what I get. No, you're very lucky. Like we are all very lucky to have what we have. Right. That leads to the second question. Yeah. What is one thing, just one thing, if you can say for today that you're grateful for? Health. I'm grateful for health. There's so many people. And I think that everything, money, beauty, you know, things, material things, everything comes and goes. But health is the only thing that can keep you in that place where you can own all those things and be all those things. If you don't have that, you're screwed. So health, especially with your children, it's like... It's a very important word. Absolutely. And finally, what is what would you what would you tell your younger self as a tip or advice as you're starting off on this journey? Now that you can look twenty years back, you you're looking in <clears throat> retrospect. What would you tell your younger self? Be fearless. I mean, seriously, fear is such a big wall that. I, you know, when I was little, I was, I was, I was introverted. I I got bullied in school. Like there were all these things that kind of kept me in this little square. And when I moved to the U.S., it was like, okay, this is me. 
and I'm fearless. I, but I wish it started before. Right. I wish it was. I wish um, that somebody could have come to me and be like, dude, like myself. If myself would have come to me 20 years ago, and say, just do it. Just don't don't think about it too much, and don't sweat the little stuff. Because it's going to get more complicated. Right? <laughs> and there's always going to be little stuff. Yes, there's always going to be little stuff. And you really cannot sweat it. Right. Like, seriously, don't sweat it. Right. If it breaks, dude, fix it. So, yeah, but fearless. Be fearless. Awesome. Thank you so <laughs> much for being on. This was so much oh God, fun. Thank you. This was like a girl chat this session. Girl and chat. I'm so happy we get to share this with listeners. And I hope, I hope people get inspired by this artist. television hosts, entrepreneurs, moms, everybody listening. So, guys, always remember to choose gratitude mm -hmm. over fear. Yes, gratitude over fear. And don't forget to go on my website. Yes, LaraAlcantara.com. Or you can check me out on Instagram at LaraAlcantara. Can you spell that out for us? L-A-R-A-A-L-C-A-N-T-A-R-A. -A -A -A. Awesome. Thank you, guys.